Lance Archer says, Everybody dies. Damien Priest, the Archer of Infamy, says he'll live forever. It is far past the time for WWE and AEW to get past their petty squabbles, get these two in a room, and decide once and for all who has a dumber catchphrase. This and other hard lefts coming up on the Miss Spots podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the It's time to play the game. Time to play the game. You know, I I felt like when Damian Priest turned babyface that he cut down on the archery bit a good bit. Good bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Today's episode, I felt like I either have been missing it or he has just used it a lot more. No, so he's, it's the he's earlier of the two. I just have not been catching it. No, it's, he's he's been leaning into it hard. I, I, it's one of the most baffling things. He he looks like Chris Angel had a baby with Baron Corbin, <laughs> and they and adopted for some by reason, Slash. <laughs> yeah, uh, but for some reason, he's really into like. Was he a archer in the Olympics? Did he compete in the triathlon? Decathlon? What's there's one thing where you do archery. Pentathlon, I think. Uh, pen, yeah, that guy. Uh, I, I want to know the backstory. I, I just was he was he a standout at his boys' summer camp in archery? Did he get uh, did he medal in it? There's going to be a thirty for 12? thirty Damian Priest uh, coming up on ESPN here soon, and it's going to talk all about that archery background. Does he go bow hunting with Ted Nugent? Give me something. Give me something. Uh, Mike, we watched NXT this week, right? That we did. I like this show. Yeah? I liked, genuinely liked this show. I I thought that there was some really good stuff here. Um, the uh, the I thought that the women's match, EO and, and Shati, was a good match. Uh, the, the, despite the, uh, very brutal botch, uh, if you want to call it a finish where just EO came up short, uh, but still delivered like a very brutal looking shins, knees to the chest of Shotzi. I thought that was a good match. Uh, the, I did too. I, I, yeah, I, I like that match a lot. I, I, I came up with the concept cause I was going to try to be positive on this episode because you, you said ahead of time, of time you wanted this to be the compliment sandwich episode the comp this was my compliment sandwich episode and i started saying i'm going to say two nice things and, it, and one bad thing about each match or each segment and it turned out i, I didn't I, I thought it was going to be a, a struggle and it it wasn't there was there was good things here but i'm going to keep it going because i still like my compliment sandwich idea uh <laughs> In the Io Shirai and Shotzi Blackheart match, uh, Shotzi Blackheart moves with purpose, confidence, and she moves quickly around the ring. She, she, there's a lot of uh, people in the women's division that kind of look like they're moving through molasses in the ring. Yeah, she actually hesitant. moves quickly. Yeah, she's an athlete, so that's a good thing. Uh, here's a negative part. I won't, I won't announce this every time, but this is now that that was. That was the first part, the compliment, and here's the negative. Uh, she rides a children's tank, still. She still screams, welcome to the ball pit, for unknown reasons. And her top rope kind of flare to the crowd is, for some reason, drawing an imaginary line across her forehead. It It's almost uh, like a blading action. 
I understand none of this. No. Like, when Randy Orton puts his arms up, you're like, oh, he's just kind of displaying himself. He's taunting. Drawing a line across your forehead? Is she practicing for... Uh, I, I don't... Is she practicing to give herself brain surgery so that she stops riding a children's tank out to the ring? I don't know. Uh, and then the other nice part about this... Uh, Shanti Blackheart had a really, really nice submission move in here early on in the match. Did you catch it? The cattle mutilation? Uh, the Is that... The the double double chicken wing uh, that but flipped over. The way she tied up Eo's arm, I had not seen before. It was very creative. It was smooth. It did not look contrived at all, and that was, it was pretty impressive. That was Daniel Bryan's finishing move on the Indies. Uh, you had told me that before, but did, I, I don't. I had never seen it before. He, the the transition from the uh it was um not the dragon suplex the uh or is it a dragon no it's not a dragon suplex uh I'll I'll get to drag no but the double underhook the double chicken yeah. wing suplex then she flipped over held it and then flipped it into the cattle mutilation it was a very nice transition. No, no, no. That's not what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, no, not no. that one? She, no, she tied up her arm. That was late in the match. Early on the match, she tied oh, up her okay. arm with her leg, flipped Eo over, and got, basically, she had her legs holding the one arm. She basically did a double chicken wing, but with Eo on her side, with her legs holding one arm and her both her arms holding the other one back. Uh, it was... Really impressive. It was smooth getting into so it. Kind of crucifix like. Yeah, it was a it was a slick move, and I was like, that looks like a finish to me. Not necessarily in this match, but I'd like to use see that move as a finish in her arsenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, overall, okay. this was okay. a solid match. Do you you kind of remember what I'm talking about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, this is way too much information and in trying to paint a picture, but. This was there was great action in this match. This was well done for who for the people that were involved in it. No one sold anything until the apron spot, which always bugs the shit out of me. But if you're looking for a straight action packed match with quick moves and all that stuff, this was good. Yeah, I now tiger suplex. That's the double there you go. double chicken wing uh, suplex. Um. Yeah, I I thought that that was a a fine match and a great, great opener to the whole thing. Um, I thought the tag team title match was was fun. Uh, Showed like I thought that this was a really good clinical tag team match. You had great face and peril with uh, Fandango building to Tyler Breeze's tag-in. You had Imperium getting dirty, like uh, like a lot trying their best to get their, their titles back. I I really got into that, that tag team title match, too. Uh, nothing but compliments about this match. I have no negatives. Uh, solid tag match, as you said. This was a classic tag team match which i've heard people say well we can't see those anymore because we've seen them too much no no they isolated fandango they got heat on him you actually saw a hot tag with tyler breeze coming in looking better crit more crisp with more purpose than i've seen him in forever moving around the, the ring with just quickness and purpose uh hitting everything that moved they went to the outside Later in the match, for less than 10 seconds, no ring step spots, no uh, nothing crazy, just to pick up the pace. Yeah. And they brought it to the outside, and they brought it right back in, and they kept the pace up going with the match. The finish was creative. It kind of worked. Fandango and Breeze are not on the level of Imperium. When it comes to the technical in-ring aspects, or even in the teamwork, but aspect. they can outsmart them. But they're out. They outsmarted them. They got their win. Uh, I, I, I love those guys as a comedy duo when they were on SmackDown. I've loved Tyler Breeze since he was on NXT. 
I have not believed in them or really wanted to see them in this role. I did not like that they won the tag titles. I was not looking forward to this match. By the end of this match, no one jumped off a forklift. By the end of this match, I said, God damn, okay. Yeah. And that was because they worked a classic tag team match and they got me excited about the way they worked that match. Uh, another thing that I really loved about this match, and not to necessarily throw shade at AEW, but I am doing it a little bit here, is when you saw Imperium doing uh, double team moves, you saw them work quickly because they yeah. knew they didn't have a whole lot of time legally to be in the ring. They got those double team moves off quickly. Then the illegal person got out of the ring. Like It just shows that they're, they are aware of the rules and they want those titles. So they're not going to break the rules right in front of the referee's uh, face in order to hinder their uh, ability to get what they want. No, I, I was not expecting much. And listen, Imperium still needs some personality. Yeah. In my opinion, uh, Breeze and Fandango could still, for the most part, get a little more serious, but they worked serious in this in this match. Imperium does what they did and put on a great professional wrestling match with crisp moves. Yeah, bravo, man. All around. Good stuff. All right. So if we do if we do compliment sandwich, then let's let's we just had two good parts of this show that we talked about. Let's talk about some of the down sides of the show before we start talking about more of the good stuff again. Um, and I think that the, uh, the women's tag match had some downs to it. We, the, the, the couple things that I caught is this, uh, what's it? Jesse Camo. I have no idea who Whatever any of these people her name are. Is. I have no idea who any of these people are. She suffers from WWE syndrome and she's just she's standing on the apron smiling during the match. Just go out there and smile because you, yeah, you go out there, smile. Like, oh. Oh my god. Like it, it just I couldn't stop noticing it. And then I I think we both noticed this big thing is uh the team of Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter won by Caden Carter taking a Samoan drop. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was what I, I called out as my down was that it was an assisted Samoan drop. Yeah. It was a super <laughs> kick into Samoan dropping herself for the pin. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Here's my two positives for this match. One, they held the tag ropes. Two, it was short. <laughs> Give them that. Uh, they're they're just interchangeable people at this point. I, there's some athletes here. I think there was some some interesting moves. Just just I really like the spot where uh, whoever it is gets tagged in. Someone's crossing the ring on the ropes and. Uh, one of the baby faces slid out underneath, grabbed the foot but slid out of the ring to grab the foot while they were crossing the ring. It's been done a million times, but it looked really good there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a couple spots that were that were well done and executed properly and some impact-looking offense, but uh, every woman in this match is interchangeable with every other one so far until further notice. They're, I, they're just bodies to me. I don't necessarily agree with that. I kind of like this team of Catanzaro and Carter. We've seen them in a mostly uh, enhancement role, I feel like, uh, thus far. But I I think that there's some chemistry between them. They have some nice double team work. Uh, I I think that they're both, especially Catanzaro, has this sympathetic baby face because of her size. They're both kind of like smaller women so they have i think the sympathy role going with them i'm interested to see more of what they they have going on in the future but i'm not saying there's no talent there or no potential i'm saying until you get something more than their friends that wrestle together yeah that's what they are they're friends that are on a wrestling show with some athletics with some athleticism yeah uh, until you give me more i i don't i'm not that interested um, some other negatives, and, and I think these are intertwined uh, from the show, is we got announcements for 
how to determine the number one contenders for the men's and the women's championship. And they're both multi-person messes. Multi-person madness, man. I, it's just packing as many bodies onto into these matches as possible with tons of them not in any way deserving of a title shot. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that bothers me. I mean, once a year you have the Royal Rumble and 30 people have a shot at the championship. And, you know, we've had we've had luminaries like Duke the Dumpster Drozzy in these in matches like this. And you're like, of course, he's not going to win it. Uh, I think you just push the you push it too far when you when you're putting consistently people who do not belong in a world title picture in number one contenders matches. I, I, I It's frustrating to me. We just had multi-person match madness for to get the belt the belt on Finn Balor, right? Yeah. Too many multi-person matches leading to multi-person matches. We don't need a gauntlet match. Gauntlet matches suck. Yeah. They just suck. There's no way to do it well. It's a stupid concept. They just suck. So now we're doing this again when I'd rather just see two people that have done really well recently. I, the AEW dropped the ball big time on the rankings because they don't mean anything. They don't even talk about them really anymore unless once a show it plays into something. But they're like, this person's ranked number four and he's getting a title shot next week. What about the guy on number two? Well, don't worry about that. It doesn't work for, fit into our storyline. But if there was some way to work somebody that they want to put in this role against Baller on a winning streak that they started setting up six weeks ago, you know, something that gets us into that, it would be so much better than a multi-person match. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't remember if I brought this up on air before or if it was just through us texting, but a few weeks ago, someone I, I saw brought up ever since NXT went live uh, on USA the amount of multi-person matches has skyrocketed on NXT. The amount of title matches has skyrocketed on television as opposed to more long, drawn-out storylines leading to title matches at uh, TakeOvers or the rare uh, TV uh, show. And just like yeah, the multi-person matches and just getting people on TV... <sighs> It, it, it seems like, I mean, it seems like they just want to get people on TV in order to keep them relevant. But they sh- they had a working system before when they were just on the network. And well, I, I think you just hit the nail on the head there. It's not to keep them on TV. It's hot shotting. It's it's trying to put matches that sound exciting next to AEW because they want to win the ratings battle. So if you have multi-person madness match to a lot of people, that's exciting. Not to you and I, we don't like that, but to maybe the majority of the fan base for NXT and AEW, I mean, I mean, we, I have no interest in mimosas or football fields being involved in my, in my professional wrestling, get it out of there. But that's what these people want. And that's the good demographic or the person, the fan they're going after. So yeah, more title matches because they've got to compete more multi-person matches because they're exciting and unpredictable, even though they're boring to watch and underwhelming. So I think that's what it is. I think it's the competition aspect of it. So some of that long-term storyline uh, telling storytelling goes out of the window, even though they still are doing a better job of long-term storytelling in a lot of ways than AEW does, and certainly a better job than SmackDown or Raw has done in a, a, in a generation. Uh, so yeah, that 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 was a down for me. Hey man, I'm going to run this down here. So Tommaso Ciampa versus uh, a guy. Yeah. Uh, Ciampa's Tommaso an Ciampa. What's that? Ciampa looks like Davy Jones from the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. <laughs> Tommaso Ciampa is the, the the number one fear of my child, and he's never even watched an NXT show. He just he just knows he knows. Uh, compliment. Ciampa is an absolute fucking star. He's looks good. He carries himself like a star. If that guy was three inches taller, he he he'd run the fucking company. Unfortunately, he's he's not. Uh, 
Jake Atlas is a real step down. That's my yeah. negative. It's, a, it's but maybe he can elevate him. I don't know. It's just it's a shame. It, it feels like a real step down. And this is a good thing. The Retribution stable. I don't know how much you've been following this. I, I've read about it. I've not watched a single segment because I like my life and don't want to put garbage into it. Uh, I think Tommaso Ciampa, because right now Dominic Dijakovic, Mercedes Martinez, they've all but said several of the people that are going to be members of the stable. A snooze fest. I mean, nobody that's going to make a mark. Yeah. Nobody that half the crowd has even seen before. There's nobody out there to put it. San CM Punk or Cody Rhodes jumping over from AEW, <laughs> no one's going to matter because there's there's no stars. There's no stars to put in this stable. Uh, but the one guy who fits in that stable and the one guy that could make me think about tuning in would be Tommaso Ciampa because he's a freaking he's a freaking sociopath. He is a star. And I can buy that he wants retribution or any other any other scary word. I could buy him <laughs> saying it. I still wouldn't watch because it's a dumb idea and it'll be off TV in eight weeks. But he's the one guy that could maybe kind of pull it off, at least for their demographic. I could see that. Yeah, uh, it it is a real shame that like, yeah, you, you said it. Dijakovic, uh, Mercedes Martinez, Mia Yim, um, Dio Madden, the former announcer for Raw, and I think Shane Thorne have been all the ones who've been kind of identified mm-hmm. yeah. in that. Talents all in their own rights, but even on NXT, mid-card at best, and you're going to throw them up on the the main roster to try to recapture some of this old uh, Nexus type of stuff, you were right. Like, there's almost no one who can truly make this pay off as the leader of that group. And and obviously, we're talking about NXT. We don't get into the WWE, quote-unquote, main roster stuff anymore. But if you're going to throw people in masks, when the mask comes off, it has to be somebody. You can't take Steve from accounting and put him in a mask and go, it was Steve all along because no one cares. They don't know who Steve is. And we know who several of these people are and we like them, but it doesn't matter. They are, and I say this all the time and I don't say this to the, uh, to the, to insult the talent, but they're nobodies. Yeah. Dominic Dijakovic is a, is a good looking guy and he's put on some great matches with Keith Lee, but he's a nobody. He's not a, he's not a name. You can't put him out there and pull a mask off and have people go, I can't believe it's Dominic Dijakovic. That's what, that's what I mean is like on NXT TV, they were mid carters and, and, and because people will be like, oh, well, no one knew who Roman Dean and, and Seth were when they came up. Well, Seth and Dean were big players in NXT. Doesn't matter. They didn't put them in freaking masks and make this big, who is this pe- these people going to be? Yeah. They had them show up and beat the shit out of fucking main roster talent, and they put them over. You can take people that we haven't seen before, and you can ha- and you can smash them over by destroying main members of your roster if they've got talent, charisma, and ability. You can do yeah. that. I'm saying that if they would have put those guys in mass and had them stand in the middle of a ring and say, who are these guys? Who are these guys? And pulled hoods off of their heads, people would have gone, oh, nobody. If they come out there and kick the shit out of The Undertaker, or, I mean, I know when they first showed up, they beat the shit out of tons of people, and they smashed them over. That's what you have to do. Yeah, But it's, it's not about a reveal at that point. It's about getting new talent over, and you can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so Tommaso Ciampa, I, I, when I walked in my in the room to record, I checked under the bed. He's not there. Thank God, I would have pissed myself. <laughs> uh, Kushida versus Austin Hypothesis. Wow, uh, there was some struggle in this match of of positioning it looked like they were 
they were fighting. It didn't look like it was choreographed. I love this. The strikes look snug. Uh, it's the best I've ever seen Hypothesis look. Uh, here's my here's my negative. My negative. Um, Austin has the personality of a cardboard box full of wet packing peanuts. And those that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. Uh, and then, but the match, <laughs> but here's the spot. The match was hard hitting. It was quick and to the point. Yeah. It did whatever they were trying to get by. Kushida's lost it. He's now snapped. He looked really good. Uh, Hypothesis was the best I've ever seen him. He actually looked like a wrestler other than just a creator wrestler. Once again, no personality, but he, he, it wasn't just flips. It wasn't just stuff for the sake of stuff. He looked like a wrestler and that was good. I like this a lot. Yeah. I, I, uh, could, I could not believe it. Yeah. This, this was a good, like probably like eight minutes, mm-hmm. uh, this match and it got Didn't, everything it needed to, to do done in that manner. Perfectly. Didn't need to be any longer, and no one was dressed like a Michael J. Fox character from the 80s. I, I mean, all kinds of good stuff here. No, what else I, I liked is when Kushida came out to answer the challenge. No music. He just he just walked yeah. straight to the ring with purpose. Uh, like, just destroyed the, like, I that, that was a great thing. Some of that suspense is just carried over into it, making it seem like a real world thing. Like if a guy just comes storming through gorilla being like, I'm answering this challenge that doesn't give the production guy enough time to cue up the music. That, that's a really good, and you know, I didn't even recognize that when it happened, but I did feel some immediacy in this and I felt like we got into a real match very quickly. And sometimes it's the subliminal things that we don't, sometimes it's what you don't do. That, that lends the environment that you're trying to create. So, yeah, I mean, these are not two guys that I'm that much invested in, but they made me care about this and watch this match. That's what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, we went to the tag title match. We went to the women's tag match. Uh, oh, I actually watched the Gargano household segment. Okay. So here's an up bootleg slash yeah <laughs> great line i've been calling him off-brand chris angel uh but bootleg slash works in fact if he just takes that hat from cameron grimes there you go bootleg slash uh down they keep doing these up sounds like the gargano family's getting a cool new tv so that's good for them <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a stretch a little but i'm but trying to be positive. I'm glad that you kept with your uh your theme there yeah i'm just trying to be positive dude just trying to be positive <laughs> uh yeah uh the the bootleg slash and what did what did he call thatcher like, i didn't I, pick that up he he had a little dig at him too i i chuckled at his digs on both of them i'm like okay that that fits uh right there but yeah other than that it was it was silliness um what what about uh, what about your thoughts on uh drake maverick versus undisputed era okay uh positive i liked all the people involved in this I, I like seeing them. I think they all have potential. I, I like Drake Maverick. I, I like him much better NXT than I, than he, I did as a strange little person in the 24-7 title division on uh, Raw. Is so he I'm, a sympathetic babyface to you? I like him. I, I think, well, first of all, he's pretty talented. I know he can talk. And I like the storyline, even though I, I started watching after it already had begun. I didn't see the whole genesis of it because we weren't watching NXT at the time. But no, I, I dig this. I, I think that was, I think it's good. Uh, negative, having Killian Dane punch Drake Maverick at the end of this again is just dumb. It's it's not believable that Drake Maverick would keep going back to this guy who's pummeling him as bad as the guys he's trying to fight. Uh, it's just stupid. If you move on. 
but you know there are talented people in this they have been consistent with this on television so they're trying to get to something so maybe there's something here and NXT has done good storytelling in the past so maybe there's maybe there's there's room for this to grow uh, so that's that's what i thought about it i we texted or at least i texted you a little bit about this i i really dig Killian Dane i i think that this is one of those uh big guys that defies all logic uh, we've talked about people like this before. Bam Bam Bigelow uh, comes to mind when you think about uh, big guys that do th- different things. I know that he was put into a bad situation on the main roster and probably the upper management think that he's just some fat guy. This dude just looks like a monster to me. And like, I don't see any reason that he couldn't be and a Braun Strowman uh, scenario. And he can actually work. Yes. Unlike Braun Strowman. Yeah. Uh, so, no, I agree with you on that. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing with him at this point. This seems like nothing. But, yeah, maybe we'll get something. The Undisputed Era, though, I sent you this text message. And I'll repeat it here. <laughs> if you want to break down the team, Adam Cole equals babyface. He fought a smarmy NFL punter in his last feud. He then went into kind of a respectful match with Finn Baller for the NXT championship where he shook hands afterwards or said, hey, listen, better man won, all that stuff. That's babyface stuff. Not just in his last feud, but Mm -hmm. in his last big match. Uh, Fish and Strong, they continue to beat the crap out of Drake Maverick, who's a babyface take cheap shots with a steel chair to get out of a match, make fun of Killian Dane and insult him like chicken, and then run away like chicken shit heels. So they're heels. Yeah. Kyle O'Reilly saves what's-his-face from a beatdown in a parking lot from with Tommaso Ciampa, says, what are you doing fighting this guy in the parking lot, gets in his way and basically challenges, steps up to Tommaso Ciampa, who's a heel, and he saves a babyface. So Kyle O'Reilly's a babyface? what's going on here? And I know, I know, oh, baby faces and heels is antiquated, blah, 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 blah. No, these, <laughs> you no. Got, I don't know. I don't think that, man. These guys are dicks who are supposed to boo are there people we're supposed to like. This is the way narrative storytelling works. And two of your guys are baby faces and two of your guys are heels. It's dumb. You know, pick, pick where you're going with this. Uh, I I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, like you you've you've done your your comparisons and your similes with uh uh that and I don't need to do that again. But yeah, it, I I understand the people who argue that like I just want to watch watch fun entertaining matches. I don't care about the storylines. I don't care about who's babyface and who's heel. Well, guess what? Like that's fine and dandy, but then just watch MMA. Like if you just want to see fights, this like wrestling is about having some story to it because they have the ability to create that. But UFC tries to set up storylines. They do too. Yeah. And the whole point is like, we were talking about this before. You're supposed to pick the person you want to win in any sporting event, any boxing match. When I was watching boxing in the 80s, I wanted to see Mike Tyson knock every single motherfucker out because he was cool. And he, listen, he might have been an anti-hero. He was a badass. He certainly wasn't a, wasn't a white meat baby face, but he was Stone Cold Steve Austin. I wanted to see him kick the shit out of people and I wanted him to win. You know? Yeah. It's just, it's that simple. Muhammad Ali, (laughs) baby face. Trash talker. I want to see that guy beat Joe Frazier. Period. End of story. So this is the way the world works, people. This isn't a wrestling thing. This is a narrative storytelling structure thing. Uh, What were your thoughts on the Thatcher Priest uh, main event? 
Um, besides, besides the point of Judas Priest, uh, Damien Priest, uh, <laughs> trying to look like uh, Sean uh, Sean Michaels at WrestleMania. Uh, heard he wanted to do the zip line, but they just didn't have enough space. There, there I actually, uh, after we, before we got on the call to record this episode, I did some digging and I got a call uh, from uh, I'm not going to tell you who, but someone in NXT. Uh, Damian Priest and Shawn Michaels were having a bet on who could wear a vest with the least amount of actual vest. You know, like a vest is like a fabric or a leather or something that covers parts of your torso. And none of your arms. Well, obviously, it's a vest. But they were having a bet on who could wear a vest that is mostly not vest. And Damian Priest won. I mean, he had about about two centimeters worth of anything <laughs> holding the chains to get, he might as well have draped, gone to home Depot, bought, I don't know, seven foot of chain and just kind of wrapped it around his body in a convoluted way. And that was he, his vest. He might as well have taken Scott Steiner's headdress and turned it into a vest. Pretty much. That's that's exactly what that was. Uh, I'm also very disappointed that Papa H texts you about this stuff <laughs> and never texts me back. Yeah. Well, listen, you know, you're, you're not as big a mark as I am. <laughs> um, I I dug this match. Like there there was a point at one uh, that I was like, you know some of Thatcher's game plan isn't coming into play here. And the moment that I thought it, uh, priest, w- priest went for that, uh, like springboard somersault thing. And Thatcher got out of the way and just yeah. like dove out of the way. I was like, Oh, there's his game plan coming into play there. Also earlier in the match, uh, from the apron, uh, priest went to do a springboard from the outside to the inside. I don't know what movie he was trying to hit. It's probably one of his signatures and, uh, you know, Thatcher cut him off on that. So he left his feet and Thatcher got the upper hand because he left his feet. So it happened multiple times in this match. You know, my big up here, Thatcher sells everything yes he does like it matters the first match on this card was exciting talented athletes they sold nothing nothing one person would take a move pop right back up give a move to another person no anguish on their face no holding a body part just video game boom 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 we're hitting really cool moves okay this match, Priest fo- throws a forearm to Thatcher's left arm, and he holds his left arm for the next five minutes and shows you that it hurt. Yeah. It is. It, Priest it, sold well in this match. Priest too. sold. No, this was a good yeah. match. This was a good match. The styles did not clash too much. In fact, another great thing. When Thatcher, and this is, you know, I get dragged into the minutia of a match like this, and we're not watching it, and the people who are listening are not watching it immediately, so it gets a little bit convoluted and probably a little annoying to hear, but Thatcher goes going for that one single-leg Boston Crab, and and Priest is bridging with his off leg to not let Thatcher step over. Mm-hmm. And he stopped him the first time, but Thatcher was tenacious. And he gave him a kick to the side and something else. And then he gets him into it because it's a fight because one guy is not letting the other guy do stuff to him. When Thatcher goes for the arm bar and priest grabs on with his other hand and holds it in so he can't lock it in properly. I don't think Damian priest is a mat technician, but what he did in this match with the simple counters that he did were believable. It made sense. It made it look like a struggle. And it made him look like a better worker. Oh, yeah. For sure. I mean, it's that little thing. And I'm, I'm just sitting there going, something as simple as this dude bridging with his right leg is like a great aspect of this match. It makes me get into it more. Yeah. And, and the commentary did a good job of selling that, especially early on, with Priest getting the early advantage, getting headlock takeovers, 
uh, winning your collar elbow tie ups and like getting uh, the the arm drag that he got on and sinking it into uh, uh, like an arm of t- traditional arm bar, like them saying like, oh, look at him going going move for move with Thatch's Thatch can. Uh, I, I I thought that this did wonders for Damian Priest as a worker and as a character. Uh, and I, I, I hate that I feel like Thatcher will probably never be like that guy on NXT, but God damn it. If, if he isn't one of the best things in wrestling today, that's my down Thatcher had to lose. Yeah. My down is that he's got to get into a program he can win. Yeah. He's got to put some wins together. And the the North American Championship, to me, would be the perfect thing for him to hold. Mm-hmm. I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. He's a guy that, you ha- that no one can game plan for, that wins matches against bigger stars than him because he's just, he's... He's more technical. He's more skilled. He does more homework. He's more vicious. He cheats. We haven't seen a lot of that, but we can. He can cheat when he's overmatched, and maybe someone does does solve him. It would be such a great thing for the show to show to be beating guys and still putting them over in defeat. Yeah, and I, I think it would work so well. We're not going to see it. He's he doesn't have the style that. He doesn't have a style that anyone but you and I like. <laughs> I mean, I know that's not true, but we're not. He's in the minority. The people that like his style yeah. of wrestling, I don't get it. Uh, you know, but at the same time, I was looking back on this, and we were talking about ideas of other things we can do. As far as looking back, we talked about you know watching old matches and seeing whether they hold up or not. I watched Stephen Regal in WCW in the 90s and thought this guy sucks yeah i don't want to watch him he's boring he doesn't look he's not jacked he's i was in my teens and i didn't want to watch that guy now i go back and watch some of these matches and go this guy was the one of the best things on that show so there are tons of people watching thatcher i'm sure going why is this guy on my television so i get it i've been there but if you continue to tell a story with someone, you get them over, you let them make, win some matches, you put them in there with exciting people, have them ground them, and then have someone beat them, I think it can work. I, I 100% agree with you. Because I I look at the Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson run in Ring of Honor as a, a technical heel when he was the ring of honor champion, like he went eight, nine months as the, the champion as like, I'm better than you. Like I'm, I am going to out wrestle you at every aspect of this game. He would beat the big names. And when it finally came time that someone beat him, it was such a big deal because someone beat him at his own game. uh, And who was it? Uh, homicide. Hmm. Uh, are you familiar with him? No. He he's mainly indie. He he had a good run in TNA, but mostly as a tag team wrestler. I liked him better when he was manslaughter. That was <laughs> I was a bigger fan. But uh, I I miss those days of a heel champion who just keeps on winning and keeps on winning. And gets you so worked up and so upset that when some Hollywood Hogan was that. Listen, like, with Thatcher, you could use time limit draws. You can yeah. use double DQs. You could you can use his count technical outs. his yeah, yeah his his um yeah I meant count outs. You can use you can use his technical skill to beat people. Obviously, you could have him cheat. You can have so many different ways for him to beat people that you love, that you want to see win. And it could be freaking gold, man. A, a, a six to nine month run of someone like that holding on to a championship and then letting someone freaking finally beat that son of a bitch, that ugly, 
like emoting crazy human being that he is i mean it would just ah it'd be so good man i'd love to see it we won't ain't gonna happen we won't no we won't ain't gonna happen but as long as they put him here in this situation he is he is getting guys over he i'm more interested in lance archer i will say this <laughs> i say lance archer, archer? yeah it's <laughs> Uh, I'm Freudian sorry. slip. The archer of infamy, uh, Damian Priest. Uh, I am more interested in Priest. I still think he's a better heel than a babyface, and I feel like he's been being a heel for the since he won the championship with jumping into hot tubs with other pants on. That's a definite heel move if I ever saw one. But we'll 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 see what happens. He he did change his ring gear up to be white this week, which I mean I think means like that means he's babyface. Yeah, I, guys, I'm a babyface. Seriously, look at me. I'm wearing white versions of my interesting pants. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I I thought that this was a really interesting or uh, show. Like it was fun. You know, we have talked about AEW for several weeks now, I feel like. And we have had situations like last week where we had Tuesday, Wednesday, so we could talk about both shows. Uh, But on Wednesday nights, we've been watching AEW. Uh, So for this week, when I was like, oh, we're going to watch NXT, we're going to watch AEW, and I I suggested NXT, who would have thought I'd be so happy? Yeah. I mean, I... I, I, Way I to go, Kevin. I, I'm just saying, I, I've not liked a lot of what AEW has put on TV in the last couple of weeks either, and I'm now I'm wondering, you know, I'm now I'm interested to see what AEW did because I I, I have a feeling that maybe we just got really lucky <laughs> we picked the good show this week. I've I've looked at the rundown and it doesn't look like we miss out on a whole lot to me. Uh, I'll probably look at some highlights here and there, but I, I think that uh, you made the the right decision in picking NXT for for this week. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll watch AEW and we'll comment on that next week, and I'll I'll probably watch. I, I don't watch Dynamite till usually the following Tuesday, just because of the way my schedule is and all that kind of stuff. So I'll usually watch AEW now on Tuesday and then watch. Yeah, the next episode of AEW on Wednesday and rinse and repeat until they finally move NXT to Tuesdays, which would be great. I really, really hope they do be, that. Yeah. I, the fact is, though, is that WWE has now said that they're open to the idea of doing it. It doesn't seem like they're going to win the ratings war that really doesn't exist. It's all manufactured. Uh, because and AEW just continues to dominate them in this and, and win, I mean, way more weeks than they've lost. And for USA, they're probably thinking, hey, we run on Tuesday. We get 900,000 people to watch this show. We run on on Wednesdays. We get 700,000 people to watch this show. Why are we cutting off our nose to spite our face? We want ratings. We want to sell advertising space. I don't care about you, you know your stupid war with this second rate company, which they're the second rate company. Put your show on Tuesday. Let's all make more money. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a smart thing to do and yeah. it would be a good thing for us. Cause we could watch them back to back and uh, actually watch both shows and, and critique them and run them down and it would be better. So I really hope they go down that road. Agreed. Um, it all, it also seems like, uh, there, we're going to get another takeover very soon. Uh, I think they said October 3rd. Yeah, that would be a Saturday, uh, as the next takeover, because that's what the winner of the elimination gauntlet, <laughs> sorry, got, got the chills saying but, something. But the is good thing about that. this gauntlet match is that it's not. The next person doesn't come in when the last when one person's defeated. The next person comes in at a time limit, so you could theoretically have three, four, five, thirty-seven people in the ring at the same time. It's a gauntlet is, and a royal rumble all in one, which is great. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like uh, William Regal is sitting there going, "Do you really want me to do this?" <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll sell yeah. it, and he does. Yeah, good for him, but. He's got to know this is not good. <laughs> yeah. 
Put that guy in the fucking Hall of Fame. Is he not? William Regal? He's not in the Hall of Fame? No. Oh, come on, man. I mean, if you use his WWE run, don't count his general manager time in NXT, they'd say he doesn't deserve it. Yeah. You know, but if you use his... Even though he's held a lot of titles. Yeah, he's... Uh, the, the <laughs> one of the eras he <laughs> you... worked in... I'm pretty sure I have a couple championship reigns from the mid to late 2000s. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was a good, good week for NXT. Um, way to go for them. Go team. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. And like you said, Please move move that show to Tuesdays. Would we'll make make things way easier for everyone. Oh yeah, and it, better for both companies. Yeah, really. The and also they've already seen what the ratings do when you do. And do not that. O- not only that, le- you have to do. You can do less hot shotting of angles, less of this competition style booking, better storytelling. All of it gets better. The shows get better when you don't have direct competition in some ways. Yeah. In my opinion. I mean, as much as Raw and Nitra had to up their games during the Attitude Era, they also, WCW destroyed itself trying to compete. Yeah. Giving away every giving away Hogan and, and Goldberg in on an episode of Nitro. I mean stuff like that. It just it just trying anything desperately to, to pop a rating is not is not the way to go, man. It's just not. Yeah. It does it, it does not lead to long term stability. Short term excitement to the detriment of long term stability and good storytelling. So I look forward to that. I also look forward to being positive. I'm positively Kevin. Uh, that's my new character, and uh, we might see the com- uh, the compliment sandwich come back for AEW next week <laughs> because it might be harder for me to do that if uh, history. Are we going to see you feud with the Undertaker? I was planning positively, on- Kevin. First, I'm going to feud with positively Canyon uh, for a little bit, and hope that I don't get hit with that book he has a brick in. Uh, I don't know if you remember that, but I'm going to do my yeah. best to. To, to duck that. I Booker T taught me how to uh, foil that situation. And we'll go from there. Sounds like a plan. Um, Anything else you want to mention before we uh, sign off here? No, sir. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, once again for joining us. Uh, catch us back here again next week. Same podcast time. Same podcast networks. Uh <laughs> <laughs> trying some new stuff today, huh? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Just trying it on, you know, getting in the fitting room, seeing how it feels. Uh, check us out uh, on our website, MissBotsPodcast.com or simply MissBots.com. Uh, for Kevin, my name is Mike. We'll see you next week. Good night. Good wrestling.